Okay, Heather, you're good. I think we're ready to go. Okay. What's the dog's name? Uh, Mather. Named Mather. after Camp oh, Mather. Oh, Mather. Yeah. Oh, There's always a debate about whether it's Mather or well, Mather. Well, it's definitely Mather in this household. <laughs> Mather. You name your dog after Camp Mather. Yeah. That is very <laughs> San Francisco. We went, uh, we went for a number of years in a row. Hi, Mather. That's like one of the most San Francisco things I've ever heard. That's, <laughs> that's very good. Yeah. Hello, Heather Knight, and welcome to Total SF and the tree-filled, labradoodle-filled backyard of Mike Sullivan. Hello. Our Total SF party line, 415-777-7413, has been a huge hit, and we've already gotten a lot of good ideas from our listeners. One call recently was a recommendation to chat with Mike Sullivan, known as San Francisco's tree guy. The way I am about Star Trek Four is the way Mike is about trees. That might be the earliest in an episode you've ever brought up Star <laughs> Trek Four, but moving on. Yeah, we got to meet Mike the other day at 17th and Stanyon near his favorite tree in San Francisco. It's a New Zealand Christmas tree, and it turns bright yellow every June. So I think we definitely have to go back there next summer for an Instagram shot. Yeah, definitely. We took a walk with Mike through Coal Valley, and he pointed out lots of cool trees. He became locally famous during the pandemic for writing descriptions of the city's trees in chalk underneath them and creating tree tours for people to get outside and explore in a safe way. In short, he's just an awesome dude. He is. And after our tour, we got to go to his backyard and sit under his apple tree to talk more about trees. Mike has a way of making the topic super interesting, and we learned a lot about trees and the city in general. We want to hear more ideas from you, so remember to call the Total SF Party Line at 415-777-7413. And stick around for the end of this episode when we'll announce the winner of our Toilet Gate Limerick Contest. It's nothing but class here on Total SF. <laughs> we are a podcast of poetry, and your story about the $1.7 million toilet in Noe Valley has inspired this poetry contest definitely brought out the best in our listeners spoiler somebody rhymes matt haney with down the drainy <laughs> i'm peter hartlob here with heather knight and our favorite warrior is steph listen to the end for toilet limericks because this is total sf was that supposed to be a limerick okay you're not allowed to give me notes on that that was great um <laughs> There will be better limericks at the end of this episode. This is Total SF. Thank you very much. Hello, Mike Sullivan, and welcome to Total SF and your own tree-filled backyard. Thank you. So glad to be here. What trees are we surrounded by here? So we've got um, an Italian buckthorn tree in back of us. We've got a, uh, a Japanese loquat tree above my head. And in front of us is uh, a pippin apple tree. And you told us that it's popular with the wild parrots of Telegraph Hill. So I'm hoping that while we're recording, they will come for a visit. There's a very good chance. There's a very good chance. Those parrots are so smart. They know exactly when to visit. And it's you know October, November every year. And I, um, 
I know some people will probably object to this, but I shoo them out of the tree when I see them. <laughs> they do go after the apples. Shoo them out of the tree, not shoot them out of the tree. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no tea. Really clear. You are going to be canceled <laughs> yeah. if you shoot the wild parrots no, in Telegraph No Hill. firearms in this house. <laughs> Good. Well, we started um, this morning meeting you for a tour of the neighborhood and its trees. We met at 17th and Stanion, and you picked that because it's the site of your favorite tree. Can you tell us about that? Sure. Um, a lot of people only know me as the, the tree guy in San Francisco. And so I get this question a lot. Like, what's your, what's your favorite tree? Um, and I'll often you know, say, well, you know, ginkgos are great. Start talking about ginkgos. And then they'll say, no, no, no. What's your favorite individual tree? And so I will talk about this tree at 1221 Stanion Street. Um, it's a New Zealand Christmas tree. And there are, this tree is dime a dozen in San Francisco. There are thousands of them. And on the streets of San Francisco, every single one of those thousands of trees blooms red in June when the tree blooms, except for this tree, which has a spectacular yellow blossoms in, in, uh, in June every year. And the, the history goes back to a guy named Victor Ryder, who was the most famous plant guy in San Francisco for decades um, until he died in the 80s. His family had a uh, commercial nursery um, in back of kind of wedge between Stanion and Woodland Avenue. And uh, the, the nursery went away in the 60s, but the family maintained the garden, um, an, an incredible garden. It's still back there. You can still see it from some of the trails on, on, uh, on Mount Sutro. But um, Victor Ryder discovered or heard about uh, a natural mutation of the tree in a little tiny island off the, the north coast of, of New Zealand, uh, where this tree just, which had, you know, bloomed red for, you know, millennia, just spontaneous mutation, it blooms yellow. There were like nine people outside of New Zealand who cared about that, and Victor Ryder was one of them. So he got a friend to bring, uh, bring him what cutting from the tree. It is a magnificent tree. It is one of the best examples of New Zealand Christmas tree anywhere in the city. It has that amazing um, yellow blooms and great history. Peter, we have to come back to that tree in June and get a picture. Definitely. Um, this is like this is like your superpower. I'm sorry, just walking around with you, you know everything about all these trees. <clears throat> Did this start when you were a kid? Did you have a favorite tree? Was there a tree origin story for you? Um, I've always been into plants um, and trees. There was a, a gigantic sugar maple tree in our backyard in Ticonderoga, New York, where I grew up. And I still remember um, our kindergarten class did a, did a, a tour um, to see sugar making, maple, maple syrup making. Um, but it wasn't until I, I came to California, to San Francisco, that the tree thing really developed um, into a little bit of an obsession. I, I was looking for a way to volunteer. Um, I didn't have a family then, and I thought, you know, the previous generations give, and so I, I, I thought I had to find a way to, to give back. And so I was looking around for a, a way to volunteer, and I started noticing these trees on the streets of San Francisco um, with these little cross braces by this nonprofit group called Friends of the Urban Forest. And um, I began to learn a bit about how they how they plant trees. It's this community tree planting where they will go into a neighborhood and neighbors help one another. I will dig the hole for your tree and you help me dig, dig mine. The volunteers come in and, and guide the, the, the neighbors as to how to get the trees in the ground. And then, then they transform a neighborhood with 50, 60 trees in a, in a you know, compact neighborhood. And that just seemed like an incredible way to volunteer. So I, I started doing the tree planting and discovered that in San Francisco, Unlike the you know the boring maples and oaks and beaches from from upstate New York, San Francisco had these incredible trees from Australia and Brazil and South Africa, and they had 
amazing fragrances and like big purple flowers, like things you never saw in upstate New York. And I just began to geek out about it. And, um, and you know, eventually my, my friends began, began to realize that I knew a lot about, about trees. And so they would start asking me, well, what should I plant? I'm gonna, I, a, I want to plant a tree in front of my house. What should I plant? And I would say, well, how about a, how about a loquat? Well, what does that look like? Um, and so I, uh, I then created a website where you could find uh, each of the most common trees in San Francisco. I began to find trees that I didn't recognize. And so I put those trees up on a mystery tree list um, on the website, naively thinking that... that <gasps> Is it a parrot? It was not a parrot. Oh, that a parrot. was a blue jay. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but I, I naively thought that that people would just find my mystery tree list and help me solve the mysteries, and no one ever did. So I, I finally went to Scott Medbury, who was the, the head of um, the Botanical Garden, and asked him to help. And he said, well, you're in luck, because uh, my friend from Seattle is coming down, and there's nothing he would find more fun than to go out and, and help solve these mysteries. So he and, he and Arthur Lee Jacobson, the friend from Seattle, did. And at the end of that conversation, uh, end of that, that day, we got together, and he said, you know, you should write a book about San Francisco trees. You've got all the, the information to do it. And uh, so that's how, the, that's how the tree book came to be. Came to, trees uh, of trees San, San Francisco, Francisco, 2004 book in its second edition. Congratulations. Thank you. You mentioned San Francisco. I think of it, we've learned on this podcast that San Francisco is a good stairway city. Uh, we think it's a good transit city and it's becoming a good biking city. It's a good tree city? Well, it's a tough city for trees. Um, a lot of a lot of things um, kind of come together to make it a tough city for trees. The Mediterranean climate that we have is tough. It doesn't rain here seven months out of the year. Lately, optimistically, eight, eight to nine <laughs> yeah. months out of the year. That's tough for most trees. A sugar maple will never handle that. Um, Two thirds of the city has sand underneath it. So if you, you if you get down to the to the soil, you'll find that it's a sand, and that's tough for trees. It's incredibly windy. This is, you know, Chicago has nothing on us as the windy city. Um, and you also have to plant in these sidewalk cuts, right? That's, that is, uh, that's a blue jay we're hearing there. Okay. Right? Um, uh, I'm just crossing my fingers at the parrot's coming. Um, and so th- if you, if you s- have to self-select for all those things, you get a really unusual palette of trees that you don't see anywhere else. Uh-huh. And they, you know, something like 40% of the trees come from Australia and New Zealand just because they have kind of similar climate conditions. Um, but you, you get these trees from Brazil and South Africa and China, um, and it makes, a, makes for a really interesting kind of palette of trees. It's a tough city for trees. So I, I often will go over to Oakland and just look up and say, wow, this is, this is a much better urban forest than we have, just because they've got better conditions. Yeah. But, but uh, we have an interesting type of tree. Well, we heard about you because one of our listeners called the Total SF Party Line. Peter, what's the number? 415-777-7413. Call us with any tips or questions <laughs> yes. uh, you have about San Francisco. So somebody called about you and your chalk tree facts that were written during the pandemic on sidewalks around the city. I think the listener saw one in Noe Valley, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so were you spreading a lot of tree facts during the pandemic and why? And <laughs> yeah. how did that begin? Th- this. This started because um, a friend no- heard about someone in London who, during the earliest days of the pandemic, when no one could do anything except you know go outside and walk on their st- on the street, someone was walking around this neighborhood of London and just writing the name of the tree down in front of a tree, um, 
uh, maybe where it was from and something interesting about it. And this person emailed me and said, you could do that. And I thought, yeah, I could do that. I could do that. And so um, one of my jobs at home is to walk the dog. So every, you know, that the next Saturday morning, I walked out with our dog Mather and um, brought, a, brought a box of chalk. And wherever Mather stopped, if he wasn't know, using the tree for his own purposes, I would, <laughs> I would um, stop and write write down whatever I found inter- interesting about that particular tree, and then and it went on to the next next tree and the next tree, and I think I did fifty or so over that that weekend, and um, and then I just went home and waited to see if anybody would notice, and and the local Coal Valley Facebook page kind of blew up with with people saying, hey, I saw this, I saw this, yeah. and someone said Mike Sullivan probably did it, and um, and that was how that was really how it started. But uh, but then um, my friend Jason DeWeese noticed um, what I'd done, and we got talking, and um, we decided to do, do it again, but make it into a tour where we would not only be chalking what was interesting about particular trees, but we'd all, also use arrows to guide people from one tree to the next to the next, and then we made it into a loop. And then Dick Turner joined us because he, he heard about it, I think, through Jason. And um, Jason is... is both Dick and Jason are you know much more about trees than I do. They've forgotten more about trees than I will ever know. That was the this was like May, April, May, June of the of twenty twenty when there was nothing to do except be outside, um, you know, walking on the streets of San Francisco. So we did we did Bernal Heights, we did the mission, we did um we're now up to I think thirty five or forty of these and have hit almost every neighborhood in San Francisco. So how many trees do you think you've planted in the city? Oh, um uh, I don't know. I would guess maybe four or five hundred. Mm-hmm. And it's notoriously hard to build housing, very expensive, even for public bathrooms, as we all know now, $1.7 million. Is it equally hard and expensive to get permission to plant a tree or can you just go do it? Um, it is. It, it's not hard. Um, you have to be, you know, Three feet from the utility line and three feet from a from a side you know from a driveway. So there are some people that just can't put a tree in front of their house. Mm-hmm. Um, the city charges. Um, there's a fee. They they need to kind of recoup their their costs for uh, planting trees. So it's several hundred dollars to put just to get the the permit to put a tree in the ground, and then you got to buy the tree. So if you're, they should be paying you to yeah. plant. <laughs> Why do you have to pay the city? So you can plant a tree. Mm, I think you should talk to <laughs> some folks at the uh, Public Works about that. I think okay. a Heather Knight call <laughs> yeah. coming up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, do you think of trees in the same way that we think of, like, the Golden Gate Bridge or Palace of Fine Arts? Are there landmark trees that you think of in that way? Uh, well, funny you should ask. Uh, on my on my website, sftrees.com, that's www.sftrees.com for your listeners, um, I have a, a link at the top for what I consider the the the, the ten um, best landmark trees mm. in the city, and I, I do it in in reverse order to make it kind of dramatic. To you get to get to number one. <laughs> what's number one? Yeah, what's like us? the Golden Gate Bridge of trees? Uh, so it's the it's the tree in front of McLaren Lodge, uh-huh. the the gigantic Monterey Cypress. Yep, yep. The the holiday tree with the with the lights at Christmas time. I just thought that that combined a lot of things like. Someone said, "Well, how, how do you how do you get on your list?" You know, Mike. And I said, "Well, it's kind of like what Justice Potter Stewart said when he did that Supreme Court case about por- pornography. I know it when I see it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, that tree, just you just look at it. It's it's an amazing tree, but it's also got that history going all the way back to to John McLaren and is sitting right right there in front of the headquarters of the park system." 
We'll be right back after this short break. Are there officially designated historic trees? Are there trees that people just can't touch? Oh, yeah. The, um, I'm on the Urban Forestry Council for the city, and so there are official landmark trees. You know, one of my favorite trees in the city is at um, Willard Street North in McAllister, very close to USF. It's a, it's a California buckeye, which is an, a native. It's one of the very few trees that's actually native to San Francisco. And it's, it's a gigantic tree uh, for, its, for its type. And in the 90s, um, it's, it's on kind of a double lot, and the owner of the property at the time was going to build um, on a part of the property that would have killed the tree. It would have, you know, you know the, the roots would have, wouldn't have been able to handle it, and the tree would have died. And the neighbors just went berserk with protests. Um, and then they got in touch with, with Friends of the Urban Forest to help them go even more berserk. And eventually there was such an outcry that, that the property owner yielded and built the house in a different part of the property. And there's actually a legal easement was created to protect the tree. So the, the property owner gave an easement to Friends of the Urban Forest saying, I and any future property owner will never be able to, to overly prune or kill this tree without your permission. So mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of a, um, an amazing tree, but also has that, that cool history of the, of the easement. Does San Francisco have an official city tree? It doesn't, but it should. What should it be? Well, um, this being San Francisco, I think we would need to have one native tree and mm-hmm. probably one non-native tree. Mm-hmm. Uh, California buckeye, I think, should be the the, the native tree. Um, but there's an um, there's an amazing non-native that I've been kind of um, advocating for. Uh, it's called the red flowering gum, and it's from uh, Western Australia near Perth, and here in San Francisco, it just has these brilliant, like red and orange and pink flowers um, every July and August. It is just a spectacular tree. My brother Mark, when he was visiting from upstate New York um, a few years ago, he's not a tree guy. They're you know trees are green blurs to him. Um, we were driving uh, on Seventeenth Street in our neighborhood, and he looked up and saw one of them. He said, "Mike, what is that?" Um, so it's it's an amazing tree. It loves San Francisco. It loves kind of cool coastal. Um, foggy um, weather, and it's just an amazing tree, but the city has stopped planting them. Why? Um, well, the official reason is that they they get really big and they need really wide sidewalks. That's the official reason. What's the unofficial reason? Um, well, I don't know, but I have a suspicion. I think it's because they um, the city is now, for the last 10 years or so, responsible for um, the maintenance of trees. And so really big trees are expensive to maintain. So mm-hmm. I, I kind of suspect that the city prefers smaller trees that are a little easier to maintain. Mm-hmm. But to me, it's like, you know, you wouldn't get rid of the cable cars just because they're expensive. And I think we need to keep... Peter uh, and I would lay our bodies on. <laughs> <laughs> I, did a, I did a blog post called uh, A Long Goodbye to San Francisco's Best Tree. I mean, the, the trees are still there, but we're not planting new ones. And so it's gra- they're gradually going to go away if we don't do something. Yeah. So I'm glad to have this little, you know opportunity to talk up my favorite tree cool are there are there good tree neighborhoods and good tree parks are there certain areas that you just look at and go god like that's a bounty over there and mclaren park or golden gate park I yeah assume. yeah um you know great tree neighborhoods i i would say um there are a lot of them um coal valley here where i live um uh, Forest Hill has has amazing trees. Um, Noe Valley, 
Glen Park. Um, the Mission has has some amazing trees. Just great, great soil, great, great sun, great conditions. Um, lots of great neighborhoods. So, in terms of parks, I think the Panhandle was is really a shrine to trees. When you when you walk the Panhandle, that's what you notice. The, the, these gigantic um, eucalyptus and Monterey Monterey cypress trees in the Panhandle, but also over the years, um, you got to give credit to to the park system. They they planted really unique um, and interesting trees in the Panhandle. So I've I've got twelve walking tours at the the back of my book, and one of them is is a Panhandle tour. Some great trees there. What's the worst tree neighborhood? What's the neighborhood that you're just like, come on, sunset, get some trees? Well, it's not their fault. <laughs> it's not their fault. But in the sunset and Richmond, it is the yeah. closer you get to the ocean, the harder and harder it is to get trees to survive because you've got you've got that 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 those gale winds and the total sand underneath the underneath the sidewalk and salty you know salty conditions. So as you get further and further out, I, I know this from having planted with friends of the urban forest. There are fewer and fewer trees that will survive. Like a jacaranda will love it in in uh in the mission or potrero hill but it will it will it will die immediately if you try to plant it on 47th uh you know <laughs> avenue in the sunset so there are like three different three or four different trees that will survive out there and so it's not their fault but it is a bit of a tree desert mm-hmm. what what's the oldest tree in san francisco do we know we we really don't know but um but there's a part of golden gate park it's the it's the northeast corner of Golden Gate Park, um, and it's the like it's the entry the, where near the Conservatory of Flowers, not too far from there. Not too not too far from there, but right. What's what's uh, it's Stanion and what Funston is that the the northern Fulton um, Fulton. Thank yeah. you. Uh, so it's it's called the Oak Woodlands, and it's it actually there were oak trees there before um, Europeans arrived, and those trees live a long time. So I suspect those are probably the mm-hmm. oldest trees because they were there before. Um, you know, Europeans arrived. I think that uh, that uh, um, that California buckeye at, at, at North Willard and McAllister also. That most people think that was there before the the houses nearby were there. So that's another that's another possibility. And I grew up around eucalyptus trees. I was allergic to them. I was always worried they were going to fall on our house. I still curse them when I see them. Are there bad trees? Is it wrong to hate a tree? Uh, every tree in its place. That's, I think that's the rule. Um, every tree is great in, in, in its, in the right place. Um, and eucalyptus have become incredibly controversial. They're, they're the, are you a fan or no? Um, well, I'm right in the middle. (laughs) (laughs) I, uh, I see both sides. The, um, it's the, it's the blue gum eucalyptus. That's the, there are many types of, of eucalyptus, but the blue gum is the one that, that you see, you know, everywhere in California. It is naturalized in California and it is a spectacular tree. It's one of the tallest trees in the world, um, coming close to our, our redwoods and, um, in its native Tasmania and Australia, it's, it's amazing. And in California, it's, it's amazing in lots of places, but it got overplanted. And, um, so I see the point of view of the, of the native plant people, native plant folks who say, you know, it, there's too many of them and we should try to create some spaces where native plants can survive. Um, but I also think it's just a, a great tree and I couldn't imagine California or San Francisco without it. So mm-hmm. I see both sides. My, my son's old kindergarten teacher used to say there are no bad kids. There are just bad choices. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe that's true with trees too. Yeah, sir. There's yeah. no bad tree. 
There's no catch. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll try and ease up on eucalyptus. Very diplomatic, Peter. Well, you've survived our serious questions, and now it's time for the lightning round. All right. Where's your favorite place in San Francisco to get a burrito? Um, Zona Rosa uh, on Haight Street and Schrader. What is your favorite movie filmed in San Francisco? Oh, that's easy. It's Harold and Maude. Oh, Where's your favorite place in the city to get a stiff drink? Uh, Zuni Cafe. What was your first concert? Um, Hall and Oates. Oh, <laughs> right on. What year? A little embarrassing. That no, that's not embarrassing. Williams College. Oh, cool. oh you Oates. should be proud of that. What? What was that, like H two O period? Kisses on my list. Seventies, yeah. Seventies, the bad hair era. Yeah. Should see my photos from that era. We're, we're around the same age. Okay. <laughs> yeah. What was the last book you read? Um, it was uh, Electrify Everything about uh, a solution for climate change. You told me before we started recording that you were a big Giants fan. And tell me your favorite player and the group you joined <laughs> to celebrate him. So my favorite player for a long time has been Brandon Crawford with his amazing um, defensive abilities at, at shortstop and um, a, a, a guilty admission. Um, there's, a, there's a Facebook group called Crawford Cougars for Crawford, and <laughs> I don't technically qualify as a cougar, but I am a, I'm I think a could be a big fan of that, of yeah. that website. <laughs> uh, what is your opinion on the Stanford tree mascot? The Stanford tree mascot? Um, the... I know the the redwood tree is sort of a symbol of Stanford. Am I getting close? They've Have you got, seen the goofy guy? They've got a guy dresses up. She's from Stanford. Uh. <laughs> they've got this guy in a goofy. Just go look it up. You, don't, right, you can right. have no opinion. Okay. But, I'm but, pro. I'm pro. But I, I feel anybody dressing as a tree. I'm pro. Okay, I yeah. feel about the Stanford tree mascot like I feel like you, eucalyptus trees. Okay, you're not a, you're not a cow guy by any chance. Are you? Eh, a little oh, bit. He's just trying to start a fight. All right. <laughs> What is your opinion of tree swings? The city's always cutting them down. Are you pro or anti? I'm very pro. Okay, I'm good. I'm very pro Yay. tree swing. Me too. How many people have given you a copy of Shel Stil- Silverstein's The Giving Tree as a gift? Um, fewer than 10, but not much fewer. <laughs> <laughs> Last question. What is something you always squeeze into your busy day? Um, a whiskey sour. Ooh, nice. Oh, Nice. You're good at the lightning round. You actually treat it like a lightning round and give quick, concise answers. Yeah. Many people do not. Right. Yeah. Quentin Cobb. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> well, I'm sad the parrots didn't come, but otherwise this was a lot of fun. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. Maybe yeah. you can take a picture next time they come and send it to us. Okay. Yeah. And your social media. Yeah. And your book is Trees of San Francisco. And people can get that at Green Apple Books or their favorite indie bookstore? Any of their favorite local independent bookstores. If you absolutely have to, you can get it on, you know, Amazon. Oh, <laughs> don't do I, I that. Hope, I hope Do you Green don't. Apple. We're looking at Green Apples right now. Yes, <laughs> we are. Thank you very much for coming on Total Essence. This was so much fun. Hello and welcome back to Total SF. I'm super excited that we're joined by Sarah Katz-Hyman, who's been on this podcast before to share her love of Sister Act and to tout her awesome show, Spokes and Folks. She's one funny lady, and we were delighted when she agreed to help judge our Toilet Gate Limerick contest. Before we get to Toilet Gate, it looks like you're out on JFK Drive, Sarah. Yeah, I uh, actually joined our friends at um, Rollover Easy this morning to talk about Muni Diaries, and I just figured I'd hang out on JFK and work from the new, whatever we're calling this, living room of the city. 
Yeah. It's a great remote office. I love it. It is good. I have the sun shining, my dog is sleeping, and my Wi-Fi tethered from my phone is working okay. So we're good. <laughs> and you have some Muni Diaries news for us, right? Yes. Muni Diaries Live is uh, back on Thursday, November Third, We hope everyone will come out to the show. There's some incredible storytellers this time. Um, and just for our amazing podcast listeners, um, you could enter the code podcast for a little discount on your ticket. And we hope to see you next Thursday at the rickshaw stop. It promises to be a San Francisco jolly old good time. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, speaking of jolly good old times, actually not. Um, we're going back to Toilet Gate. In case you missed it, Heather broke the story of one toilet in Noe Valley that Reckon Park said would cost $1.7 million to build. Assemblyman Matt Haney got the state money and even planned a party to celebrate the windfall. But when Heather's column came out and sparked outrage, he canceled it. And then things got even more dramatic when Governor Gavin Newsom withdrew the state funds. Am I getting all this right, Heather? You've got it. Thanks for reading my column so diligently. Um, the toilet tale went viral and we decided it was begging for a limerick contest and announced it on Twitter with the winner receiving a total SF t-shirt. This is a very fancy prize. But first, Sarah, what makes a good limerick? I think the creative turn of phrase, a roll off the tongue, something that's not too hard to get into the cadence of a limerick. You want uh -huh. to really be able, if you're going to visualize a limerick, I want to, I want your body to be able to do a nice jig as you say it. <laughs> and I do think our winner is jiggable. <laughs> and do you ever write limericks yourself? Have you written one about Sister Act or anything? I, I haven't, but you know, you're inspiring me. I just heard just about a month ago that they're finally in production of Sister Act 3. So um, I, you know, it might be time to start up the Sister Act 3 limerick challenge. Yes, maybe that'll be our next one. But in any case, when the movie comes out, you need to come back on the podcast for I'll be, a review. I'll be there. I'm going to actually try to get on it. So um, I might start a social media campaign. So please, you know, you know, retweet. We will help you. Yeah, thank <laughs> you. Definitely. Okay, well, let's get to our limerick results. In third place, we have this from David Olmeyer. They planned a big neighborhood rally in a square in mid Valley. For an exorbitant loo to go number two, said Gavin, just squat in the alley. In second place, or shall we call it number two, we have this from the Twitter handle Grudge Run. This person didn't respond when I asked for their full name. Maybe they're embarrassed, but whoever you are, good job. The city had thought that they sold it, but Newsom has told them to fold it. 1.7's too dear for a toilet, I fear. Noe Valley will just have to hold it. <laughs> and coming in at number one, we have the grand winner, Claire Riley. You might remember her Lunchabus limerick from a few weeks ago, but this was a blind judging and hers was the only one we all put in the top three. Sarah, do you want to read the big winner. I would be honored to read this limerick. Noe Valley just wants a new loo, but it costs 1.7 to do. It was backed by Matt Haney. Now it's gone down the drainy. Guess it's time to try plan number two. <laughs> the, gotcha. the use of drainy put, I mean, it was an immediate, it was immediate first place with that. That was too good. Yeah. Well, congrats, Claire. We will get you your t total SF t-shirt. And thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Peter. And thank you to the city of San Francisco for giving us such ridiculous limerick fodder. And, and thank you, Matt Haney, for having such a great, 
great name to rhyme. If it was Raphael Mandelman, we would would have a real problem with this limerick contest. Good job, all. Thank you for listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Our music today is from the Sunset Shipwrecks, Castro organ player David Hegarty, and cable car bell ringing from eight-time champion Byron Cobb. Support Total SF in the newsroom that creates it by investing in a digital Chronicle edition. It's less expensive than you think at sfchronicle.com slash pod.